Amen. Well, look, if you have your Bibles as they're wrapping that up, it might be a little hard to find the scripture, but you should be able to find it very quickly. Genesis chapter one and verse one. You should be able to flip there pretty quickly in your Bible, right? Uh, whether you have your paper Bible or digital or you're following along on the app. Genesis 1-1. You know, one of the things that I love to do every year that has been a goal of mine and I've been able to do it the, almost 20 years now is I love to read through the Bible cover to cover every day, every single year to get the full counsel of God's word. This is not study time for sermon prep. This is my own personal devotion time that I have every year. And I love it. You know, and I, I'm one, I'm, I'm kind of task driven, I guess. One, I know it's important in my relationship with the Lord. I want to hear from him. This is fellowship with him, you know, but uh, I love checking off that last box on December 31st and like, man, I know if I didn't get anything else done, what a great goal to have and, and to read through God's word cover to cover. I want to encourage you in this new year, even though we're seven days in, you can jump in and do that. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. But what's even cooler is I love on January 1st, like on Monday, when I begin in the beginning, you know, Genesis 1-1, I usually typically read two uh, chapters in the old, two in the new, and, and that's kind of how my, 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 my uh, reading time goes. But January 1st, you know, where I did last week on, in, on Monday, I, I begin to read Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, right? The beginning of a new year, it's, it's a clean slate. In the beginning, God, I'm just thinking about that. And, and as, as I, as we're starting this new year, now the holiday season is behind us. A, a lot of people have New Year's resolutions and goals, and we talk about that every year, right? Uh, but, but I just, I read this verse and then continued to read. And I looked at it in a different perspective this year. I want to continue on Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, as I read this, I begin to think about this. You know, I know we all have plans for 2024, but this year, in essence, is empty and it's formless. Right? This year hasn't taken shape yet, right? It's really a clean slate. It's kind of some of it's in quote unquote darkness because we can't see everything that's going to happen in 2024. And I, then I end up, I was telling Miss Charlotte one day, I walked in her office and was telling her this last week, this past Wednesday, and I got in her office and I got a visual of it. She had her yearly calendar on the wall, but she hadn't filled anything else yet filled anything in yet. It was still farmless. It hadn't taken shape, right? We have all our events planned out for the whole year here at Family Life, but she hadn't recorded them. And it just made me think, you know, this year is a clean slate, but the spirit of the Lord, just as he was hovering back then over the waters, the spirit of the Lord is still with us today and wants to guide us and empower us to have another powerful and fruitful year. Amen. So I just want to encourage you with that even starting out. But in that first few words of the Bible, Genesis 1-1, we learn a principle from those four words. Let's read it again. In the beginning, God. We see a principle for life from the first four words of the Bible. The secret to a fulfilled life is in the beginning of everything you do, make sure you put God first. In the beginning, think about that, God. In the beginning of your, your day tomorrow, in the beginning of your week, your month, and we're going to get into all of that, God. That is a principle that's all through the Bible. Today I'm starting a new series called Prioritize. We need to prioritize, I believe, with all your goals, all your New Year's resolutions, you need to prioritize your relationship with the Lord like you never had before. And we're going to talk specifically uh, about prayer in these next few weeks, prioritizing prayer and how to build a prayer life and whatnot. But I love what Brother Mike said. He directly attributes those numbers of babies and souls being saved to prayer. Amen, Brother Mike? 
that prayer text that's going out. And I get it. I love to see it and lift up these babies. And, and listen, I want to encourage you. Sometimes we think, well, man, I ain't got time to stop. Hey, listen, if you just stop and lift it up, Lord, I pray they choose life. In Jesus' name, speak to them, guide the counselor. And I, sometimes I'm in the middle of doing something, but just lifting it up. And then, you know what? It's priority. I believe prayer directly is correlated with this fruitful ministry doubling, right? But it's a principle. So today I want to start out this, this series. I'm going to talk about prayer the next three weeks. But I want to start out this week with talking to you about the principle of first. See, everything in the Bible is built on this principle of putting God first in everything in our lives. That's why it's even the first thing in the Ten Commandments. Look at Exodus 21 and 3. Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. Must be me first, right? He's saying the first commandment, that's the first one. Put me first. Now this word gods doesn't just mean other like false gods and religions. It does. But it also means your love, your passions, and your priorities. Remember, we're talking about prioritizing here. See, God doesn't mind you having passions and, and other things you love to do, but he wants to be first. He wants to be first. And let me say this. God never asked us, and I'm going to talk about a lot of ways we can put God first. God never asked us to give him anything he hasn't already given us. James tells us that everything we have, every good and perfect thing, comes down from above, from the Father of lights. Isn't that right? The very breath that we're breathing today comes from the Lord. Isn't that right? So I want to encourage you, the first principle of first runs all through the Bible. Whether you're a Christian or not, you may be here today and you're not even a believer. You're not a born-again Christian, but you're checking it out. One of your resolutions was to come to church. Whether you're a Christian or not, your life is marked by your priorities. If I look at your schedule, I can tell you what's priority in your life. What you do first thing in the morning shows you your priority in life. Let me say it this way. You give power to the things you put first in your life. Did you know that? You put, you give power to the things you put first in your life. God already has power, but we surrender to that power and release it when we put him first in our lives. Amen? So I want to encourage you. I want to show you four uh, areas that we should place God first in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We want to prioritize you and, like God, your, your, our relationship with you as we surrender to you today. Help me, Lord, as I preach your word. Like God, help me, Holy Spirit, uh, that I would deliver your word accurately and timely and that we would all receive it and, and apply it to our lives. That give us the grace to prioritize you, your word, our time with you and what you called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you must put God first in everything. Four places. Number one, put God first in your year. We're starting out a brand new year. Tomorrow marks the first full year, so to speak, right of the year. I mean, we had this week, but it was New Year's. So most of us were off of work, off of school. And, and this year uh, really starts off a routine. People get back into the routine of work and school starting uh, this week. It's been a, 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 it's been our discipline and habit and priority for years here at Family Life Church from Brother Francis to Pastor Todd and now still to me that we start every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's how we put God first in the year. Before we have any other events, we're not having Man Cave or Thrive Night the first Wednesday. The first thing we do, we don't do anything else before we set aside the first three full weeks of the year to seek God's face through prayer and fasting. That's the way that we 
do uh, put God first. What is fasting? Most of you are familiar with fasting. Even the even the the medical field now, health professionals say intermittent fasting is good for you and whatnot. Obviously, not eating as much or not eating as all. But what does fasting do spiritually? I believe fasting gets rid of distractions and also calms your natural cravings, quiets those natural cravings. When you don't eat or eat as much, it calms those things. Now, eventually, it does. Because when you stop eating or, or doing certain things, they'll holler at you a little louder at first. But eventually, it calms those things so you can hear the Lord clearer. So let me put it to you this way, so you can tune in to the Lord clearer. Look at it like a radio station on the radio, right? You try to find a radio station, there's a lot of static. But once you get that thing tuned in right and that signal, you get a clear signal from that tower. See, we got a lot of static and distractions in our lives, and fasting helps you to fine-tune that reception from you and the Lord. So we're going to call a corporate fast. Fasting is good to do throughout the year individually, but we're going to have a corporate 21 days of prayer and fasting starting tomorrow morning. We see this in the Bible, Joe 114, both Old and New Testament, we see it. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him. Now notice, they didn't just fast. There was fasting. He said, we're going to meet at the temple and we're going to cry out to the Lord. It's prayer and fasting. As Pastor Todd always said, if you're fasting without praying, you're just dieting. Now, all of us or a lot of us could use some dieting, but I don't want to just diet. Yes, fasting will help you physically. It'll help your body. That's another side benefit. Physically, it'll help reset some things and give your organs and digestive system a break. And, and for like me, hopefully shed a few pounds too. But you know what? It's not just that. It's prayer and fasting. Now, look, they were calling everyone. We see that. Look at Joe 2, 15 and 16. Blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. And we're going to have meetings here every day. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Who were they calling? Everyone. Call everyone for a time of fasting. Fasting is not just for the spiritual elite. Thank you, Stuart. Fasting is for everyone. If you're a born-again believer, fasting is for you. It's a, They were calling everyone to fast. Oh, yeah, but brother, that's Old Testament. Well, let's look at the New Testament then. Acts 12, 13, 2 and 3. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. This is the New Testament church, early church uh, after Jesus' ascension. See, verse 1 tells us some of these men were prophets and teachers, but other men's like uh, Barnabas and Saul that they were sending out, right? They were fasting. It was a group of men fasting corporately together. So fasting and prayer in January is putting God first in your year. It's like a tithe of your year. And I'm going to talk about tithing more here in a minute. So this year starts tomorrow, 8th to the 28th, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll have prayer meetings Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. every evening and then on Wednesdays at noon. So every Wednesday at noon, we'll have prayer and fast. We'll have prayer meetings every evening at 6.30 p.m. Monday through Saturday. And of course, we have services here on Sunday. We'll still have midweek prayer service as well and worship. So I want to encourage you. We'll have a worship leader. One of the pastors will be leading a time of prayer. About one 
one-hour prayer meeting, sometimes we flow and go a little longer, but I want to encourage you to make this a priority to put God first in your year. Now, if you don't know much about fasting, I'm going to give you a few fasts, different kinds of fasts, but if you want more detail about that, we have all kinds of resources in the lobby, on our app, and on the website as well. So, few different types of fasting. One, there's first the complete fast, and this is fasting just drinking only liquids, like water and maybe light juice. Now, some of y'all checked out on me already. This is just one of many fasts. And by the way, before I even get to the scripture, if you've never fasted before, I wouldn't encourage you to jump into a complete water fast for 21 days. I'd encourage you to ease yourself into it with some of these other ones I'm going to give. I'm just starting from this one first. Also, if you're on any kind of medication, you have any health issues, please consult your physician first. Don't go into a fast like this without first consulting your your your, your physician, your uh, medical advice, or super, even getting supervision throughout the fast uh, if you're if you're taking medications or different things like this. But we see that a complete fast is biblical. Moses did it in Exodus. We see Jesus did it in Matthew chapter four, one and two. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for forty days and forty nights. He fasted and became hungry. Well, what was this fast? Well, Luke tells us later on. It says in Luke four two. Jesus ate nothing at Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. So we see Jesus did a complete fast. Now you might say, yeah, but man, he was Jesus, but he was a hundred percent man as well. So he had to deal with the same things. And listen, when it says he went to the wilderness to fast, those of, we just got back from Israel. Look, the wilderness wasn't this like lush, you know, like forest where there were streams of water. The wilderness is desert mountains, rocky desert mountains. I was like, that's amazing that he did a 40-day fast uh, in the wilderness, right? But, you know, again, it's possible people, people do 40-day fast today, complete fast, 21 days. But I just want to encourage you, that's just one of many. But again... If you if you on medications or, or dietary restrictions, just be careful with that. Talk to your doctor first. Next is the selective fast. Now, this type of fasting usually involves removing certain foods from your diet. This is best found as what we call a Daniel's fast because we see it in Daniel 10, 2, and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. I did not eat any tasty food or did, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were fulfilled. He went on a, a three-week fast, 21 days, right? And he didn't eat any fancy foods, no meats, no sweets. In our case, maybe remove meat, sweets, bread from your life, any tasty foods and sodas and drinks like that. Eat fruits and vegetables and nuts, and, you know, waters and juices, maybe smoothies, things like that. Next is a partial fast, sometimes known as a Jewish fast. Only eat one meal a day or maybe skip a meal a day, right? You can maybe skip breakfast or lunch, you know, or just eat, wait until you eat, you know, in the evening. For years, I did that as well, especially with prayer meetings in the evenings. I would like to do a partial fast where I wouldn't eat any meals on for, for breakfast or lunch, come to the prayer meeting, and then at the end of the day after the prayer meeting, and I would suggest eat a light, still eat a light uh, meal, you know, like maybe a lean and green, a salad, you know, something like that with a little bit of uh, protein in it. So that's a partial fast. And this last one, and these are all just, there's all kinds of different ones, but these are the four major ones. I think, I know, not I think, everyone, every single person in here listening to me can do this one. And it's a soul fast. You know, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? So a soul fast is any area of entertainment or distraction, like social media, TV, movies, news, video games, things like that. Get away from these things. Again, you remember like the static and the distraction that we have. Some of y'all would probably do good doing a year of social media and news fast. 
Not just 21 days. Probably be good for all of us. Trust me, if something major is going down, you're going to find out about it. You don't have to have alerts on your phone from the news every day. You don't have to have alerts from social media every day, right? So I'm just encouraging. That's something, if you can't fast at all physically, you can do this kind of fast. You can do a media fast or a soul fast, right? Just get away from life as usual during this time. Set times aside for prayer and intercession, whether it's a prayer meeting. I would encourage you to do both. Have time in the morning, your personal prayer time, and then come out to a noon prayer meeting or 6.30 prayer meeting, right? Replace meals with prayer. So if, if you're fasting certain meals and you're not going to eat for lunch, well, don't just take that time reading a newspaper. Pray during that time. If you're going to pray, you know, for that 20, 30 minutes you were going to eat lunch, take that time to pray and read your Bible, which is another thing. Increase your intake of Bible reading. Read the Word of God more. Maybe that's a goal. Like you never thought of, man, I want to have a goal to read through the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. There's the one-year Bible you can get, and, and it'll show you how to do that. There's different apps and whatnot. Again, I've, even the plan that we have out there, it says if you read three chapters a day, Monday through Saturday, and five chapters on Sunday, you'll read through the entire Bible in one year. And so you can do it. It's, it's very and, and simple. And, and see, prayer and fasting will help you to kickstart that, right? And so you need to do that. And I think it's it's good. It's, it's actually when you continue on from where Jesus went and fasted and was tempted by the devil, we see the devil starts tempting him, and it says he was hungry. The very next verse begins to talk about how Satan says, well, if you are the Son of God, turn this rock into bread and eat some because I know you're hungry. And what does Jesus reply? Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's a great fasting scripture. When you're hungry and you feel like, man, I wish I'd love to have a cheeseburger, Go pick up the Bible and read some more, right? Feed on the Word of God, amen? And then next, also, after, again, make sure you have increased Bible time, but also read books and resources that will help you through, like this book that's been a classic, it's been revised by Jensen Franklin called Fasting. Uh, he's, he's redone it. We've read this book and recommended it for years, a great book on fasting. It'll help you in the evenings if you're doing a media fast, not watching TV or on social media. Man, you could read about fasting. It'll give you some fuel to continue on through it. And then also from our own sister Linda Harris, she was in the first service uh, last year. Uh, we, we, we had her preach on a Wednesday night and she shared a little bit about it. It says Linda Harding. She goes by both. Pastor Rob mentioned that. It goes by, she goes by Harrison Harding. It's time to pray. This would be a great book for you to read during prayer and fasting to kick off the year uh, and to, to help fuel uh, as you continue on uh, just that desire to pray and to fast. You see, some people I've heard you know, you might be hearing me right now and already might be checking out on me. Like you think, man, I can't wait to go eat lunch after this, right? You may be checking out on me. And I've heard so many things over the years, uh, like, man, fasting's just for radical people. It's extreme. I even heard a brother, a dear brother that I love, he was at a, a different church and he said, yeah, my pastor said, man, fasting's actually for the, the spiritual uh, immature and all, and, and all kind of different things like that. Well, I don't know about you, and, and some people are like, well, man, that's, you know, you look at all these Old Testament scriptures and stuff. Jesus, on his Sermon on the Mount, he was talking about when you pray, and then he talked about when you pray what to do, when you give, like a lot of you just did, not only finances the time, but then he starts talking about fasting. Look at Matthew 6, 16 and 18, and when you fast, not if, when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting, which is a good principle when you go to work every day. People don't need to know, you don't need to blow the trumpet, except your father who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. 
He says it twice, when you fast. Jesus expected as disciples of Christ we would fast. That fasting would be a regular part of our life. And for those people that, that kind of explain away like that, well, that's for the spiritual and mature. Well, I don't think anybody would argue that we should pray as believers, right? Or that we should give. Well, fasting was in the same context of the Sermon on the Mount. Amen? So I'm just showing you that it's something that we're expected to do. And if Jesus said to do it, it must be beneficial to do it. Amen? So next, so put, put God the first place in your year. Next, put God first place in your month. Now, this is both scheduling and finances. Now, look, you may not, you know, look over your schedule every month. Some of you may do that, uh, maybe every week. But I just want, as a general rule, some people get paid once a month. But first of all, let's talk about our schedule. You know, when you're scheduling out your, your month or your week, like meetings and travel or maybe activities for the month, you may do that. You know what? Don't overbook yourself so you don't have time with the Lord. I want to encourage you even now. You might have had some stuff scheduled for this month. I want to encourage you to try to clear your schedule as much as you can outside of work this month to participate in prayer and fasting. See, why am I saying this? Because over the years I've heard multiple people say, I'm too busy to pray. Or man, I just, I said, somebody, I was a regular church member, regular attendant. I said, man, I hadn't seen you in a while. Where have you been? Oh man, we've just been so busy. We hadn't made it to church. If you're too busy to pray and too busy to go to church, you're too busy. We need to give the first of our month, really the first of our schedule to the Lord. Now I'll give you some points on how to do that in the next few minutes. So now, Let's talk about your finances. Now, not everybody just gets paid once a month. Some people do. Some people get paid every other week or, or, or every week. But regardless, when you get paid, you should bring the first part of your finances to the Lord. This is called tithing. Let's look at Malachi 3, 8 and 10. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. This is the prophet. God speaking through the prophet. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. The Hebrew word for, for tithe is actually, it means tenth. It's a tenth. It's the first 10% of your income you bring to the Lord. Modern day storehouse is the church. What was the purpose of tithing? It's the same purpose as today. He said, bring the tithe to the storehouse, so there'll be enough food in my temple. And that, that's speaking of the priests who were doing ministry. The priests, so they had enough food and they could live off of the tithe so they can dedicate their whole lives to ministry. It's nice to come to church and the lights are on, right? And there's AC and we got nice chairs to sit on and there's events we can do and we can reach out. So that the purpose of the tithe and have a staff for us to do full-time ministry, to pastor you, to minister to you, to reach out to our community, then all the things that we do, right? See, the tithe is not as much about the amount as it is the priority. Yes, it is bringing tenth because tithe means a tenth. So that's another thing. I've heard about other people in churches that have gotten crazy and tried to like increase the tithe. Well, that's not biblical. The word tithe means tenth, right? It shouldn't be any less or any more than 10%. But it's more about the priority. It's bringing the first 10% to the Lord. Look at Deuteronomy 14.23. The Living Bible says, The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. It's putting God first. It's bringing your first, your best. We're talking about the first of the year, the first of the month, not the first of your finances, right? Look at Leviticus 27.30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. See, holy means set apart. 
So we should set apart, set aside the first of the tithe to the Lord. I love that. It says everything. That's why we're saying prayer and fasting is like a tithe of your year. We're tithing the year. When you spend time with the Lord in the morning, it's a tithe of your day. When you come to church, first thing, no, it's a tithe of your week, right? And we're going to get into those last couple of things as well. And again, it's the first part. We, we get this question. It's a great question. You may have thought it, asked it. Maybe you haven't been tithing or you did and you stopped. My wife got this question uh, from someone in church just recently. Whenever you get paid, should you tithe off the gross or the net, right? Your gross is your whole salary. Your net pay that you take home is after the government takes their taxes and Social Security. To give God your first, you tithe off of the gross. Because if you're tithing off of the net, that means you're giving the government your first. And then God the rest. So listen, let me, on that note, you can give God 10%, but if it's not first, it's not the tithe. Let me say that again. You could give God 10%, but if it's not the first, then it's not the tithe. If you, if you got the last left over, I'm gonna have 10% of whatever I have left after my bills, I'll give God 10% of that. That's not a tithe. It's the tithe of the first. And as we just saw that, it says bring, uh, the, the 10%, the, the first of everything. I'll show you even more. Are y'all tracking with me? So if you ever had that question, gross or net, you tithe off of your gross income. The principle is about it being first. We see it even in Genesis. The principle of the first and the best. Look at in the story of Cain and Abel. You might have wondered, man, why didn't, why did God, that seemed kind of harsh. Like Cain and Abel brought both God a gift and yet God accepted Abel, but he rejected Cain. Why did he do that? Well, let's look at that. Genesis 4, 2 and 7. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Also, Cain also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. You see that? Cain brought some, Abel brought his first. Y'all following me? And it was the best of the firstborn. The Lord accepted Abel's gift, and he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. The right thing to do is to bring your best and your first to the Lord. Amen? And notice I said bring, and even there, I just caught that when I read that this week. We don't give the tithe to the Lord because the first 10% belongs to him. You can't give something that doesn't belong to you. That's why it bring it to the Lord. It even said that Cain or Abel even brought his gift to the Lord back in Genesis, right? Because it belonged to him. Now let's look later on with Malachi said. I feel it just like in the first service. I'm, I said, you know, people don't like when you talk about fasting or tithing. I'm hitting both of them today. So it's like I'm diving all in. So first of the year, here we go. Amen. Malachi 3:10 and 12 says this. Here's some great news. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they arrive, says the Lord of heaven's army. Then all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's army. Did you know that this is the only place in the Bible where God says to try him and to test him? Amen. 
Look it up. That's the only place. God is saying, I dare you. If you do this, watch what will happen. Test me on this. Ms. Babs was in the first service. Many of you have been here a long time, heard Brother Francis' testimony about tithing. And his pastor, who was Ms. Babs' uncle, when he got saved, said, Francis, you need to start tithing. And he said, tithing, man, I got a wife and little kids, and I'm already in debt. I can't start doing that. And he showed him the scripture, and he said, Francis, if you start tithing for this certain amount of time, and God doesn't do what he says he'll do, I'll give you all your money back. The pastor said that. He said, I never asked for one penny back because the Lord was faithful to what he said he would do. Y'all, it happened to us again this week. We got an unexpected check in the mail, just like, oh, man, this is great. This is a blessing. Like, awesome. And then our, our stove was acting up, so we called the repairman, and the repairman said it'd be cheaper for you to buy a new one than me to repair it. Well, praise the Lord. The Lord already made a provision for that. Come on, somebody. Amen. Listen, tithing isn't about a, a prosperity gospel and, and about getting rich and wealthy. And all that. No, it's about God doing what he said he would do, and he'll take care of you. I do believe he'll open up the windows of heaven. And I got tons of stories because I've been tithing for 21 and a half years. From the day that I gave my life to Christ here in 2002, my wife and I have never stopped tithing. We tithe on everything we get. We even round it up. If it's like $27, we give in 30, baby. You know what? You can't outgive God, you know, whatever it is, you know. And so I just want to encourage you that God is faithful to his word and we see it throughout. And so, you know, some people argue, well, man, that's Old Testament. Well, and then some people argue that's the law. Actually, I just read again this morning. It's not law. Tithing predates the law. And I showed you that in Hebrews last year, Abraham actually tied to Melchizedek. He gave him a tenth of all the plunder, and that was in Genesis before the law. And for people that say tithing is Old Testament, so we shouldn't have to do it, Luke 11:42, Jesus, the Lord Jesus himself said, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. You can't get more New Testament than Jesus. If Jesus said we should tithe, I believe we should tithe, amen? Number three, put God first in your week. Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, services like this Sunday, Wednesday, prayer meetings, prayer services are for worshiping, replenishment, and encouragement. You see that? It says encourage one another. We come together to worship. Man, wasn't that a sweet presence in worship this morning? Both services, we started singing, you are a holy man. It's just like a, a sweet, sweet powerful presence of the Lord descended when you worship together. You get replenished by prayer, the word, encouragement from other people, just fellowshipping with one another. Listen, you're here today and I applaud you. Make a commitment to come to church weekly. Don't miss. Listen, I, I'm not saying we're not never going to miss. I mean, right? We all, we go on vacation, we get sick, maybe something comes up last minute. I get that. But I notice in other pastors, and I've seen it, that after COVID, people have lost the priority of church, of attending church. Remember, this series is called Prioritize. Listen to this stat. It's heartbreaking and staggering. The average, this is not like flipping church attender people that are seeking. They polled born-again evangelical Christians. The average born-again evangelical Christian goes to church once a month now. Once a month. Isn't that crazy? That's post-COVID. That means people are not making fellowship a priority anymore. I want to encourage you. You're here today. That's great. Make putting the first part of your week coming to church, fellowship, and don't just come to sit there. I want you to be involved and get connected and worship and pray and get on a serve team and get in a life group and lead a life group and reach out to our community, amen? Be a part of the church. Don't just come to church. Make the church a priority. Make you being a part of the church and moving as a unit as the church a priority. 
And then set the whole day aside. Man, it really, I know some people might have to work on Sunday afternoons, but man, this goes into the Sabbath. Man, come to church on Sunday morning and use the rest of the day to rest with your family. Replenish and refocus. And this will help you prepare for the week to come. It will make a difference, I promise you. Everything, putting the year first, the month, your schedule, your finances, the first of the week, and lastly, fourth and final thing, it all makes a huge difference. Put God first in your day. I kind of hit on this a little bit. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, seek third the kingdom of God. Is that what he said? Seek second, I think he said. That's not what he said? What did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. I begin to think about that when I read this. There are a lot of things that we do and go through every single day. Can I get an amen? Every day there's a lot of things, all these things we got to deal with, we got to wade through, decisions we got to make. Seek first God and his kingdom before you leave your house in the morning. I always said, you don't know what you're going to face when you leave, when you cross that threshold, man. Come on, some of you are going to get in your car sometime soon and, and your car ain't going to start. You know what? And you're going to want to cuss, but instead you can pray in tongues. If you seek God first, that'll well up in you before a cuss word, right? Come on, somebody. No, don't look at me like you're too holy. Come on. That, that's real life right there. That's, you know what? We, as long as we got this flesh on us, we're tempted. Jesus said you always have temptation. Amen? I don't want you to do it. I'm not saying you should do that. But I'm saying the first thing you're going to want to do is seek God first. If you seek him first, you see, that's what I look at. I look at, man, I have no idea what's going to come now. I mean, yeah, I got my schedule. I got planned meetings. But, man, how many of you get a phone call or a text before you even leave the house and you, the whole day sideways? Or there's a situation, a fire you got to put out. So important to seek God first thing in the morning. We must spend time with God daily first. I encourage you. It's the principle of first. Let me say this, if you're believing in 2024 for, for new things and for change in your life and transformation, you will never change unless you change something you do daily. Let me say that again. You will never change unless you change something you do every day. And you need to start that everyday routine with the Lord. You need to seek him first and foremost. Give God the first part of your day. And listen, everyone can do this. Everybody's at different places. Some of us have been saved long. We got a regular morning devotional routine. And this is actually the order that I go in. But man, if you just start like, okay, if, you, if you've never done this before, and you know, we've heard many teachings on prayer and devotion and may pray for an hour a day. And that's great. That's a great goal to have. And, you know, Jesus said, can you not tarry for me one hour, you know, to get that Bible reading. But I think if you, if you've, if you're not doing this at all, and you're like, man, you just kind of start your day. Maybe you listen to a little bit of Bible or you read the verse of the day on your way out or, you know, you listen to some worship music. Listen, I think start with 15 minutes a day. Just say tomorrow, I'm going to set a go to start with 15 minutes a day and break it up. Five minutes in the Word. I talked about the one-year Bible. You can read through the Bible or look at, get the, the, the um, reading plan in the lobby where you read three, three chapters a day, five on Sundays. You version Bible has all kind of different reading plans you can go through. Start with five minutes in the Word. Then how about five minutes of worship? Go into worship. Listen, I mentioned about the media fast. Well, even beyond that, instead of turning on the news or checking your, your social media first, why don't you turn on some worship music and worship the Lord? Don't wait till Sunday morning to sing You Are Holy. Let's do that first thing in the morning. Again, what's your priority? If you're looking at the news or social media first, that's priority over God. And you're hearing their voice instead of your voice. All that static I was talking about, right? The reason we're not hearing from God, I feel like, is we got hundreds of voices in our head. 
And we need to get these things out of our head. All these other voices and talking heads out and to begin to worship the Lord. And then how about five minutes of prayer? Start with thanksgiving and then maybe make requests. And that's just the beginning. That's foundational. If you've, if you've never prayed, if you don't have a devotion life, I encourage you to start there and then you can build from that. Now, that same template is what I use. Uh, in the mornings, typically that's what I do. Now, I have to be honest and confess with you, confess to you. The first thing I do in the morning is I go to the coffee pot and I grab my cup of coffee. Then I go to my chair and I open my Bible and I read my Bible. I can't find this in scripture, but I just feel like whenever you read in your Bible, drinking coffee, you get better revelation. Can I get an amen, somebody? Come on. I just, all right, good. The first service agreed with me as well too. So, right. But that's basically what I do. I drink my coffee, read my Bible, and then I move into worship. I put in my AirPods and I begin to worship the Lord. I, I did these three things this morning. And then I begin to worship. And as I worship, I move into prayer. I pray in the spirit. I pray this morning. I, of course, I pray over my family every day, praying over you, over the services. And so I just want to encourage you. That's a great template. And if you think, man, I, I know everybody can get up 15 minutes earlier and start this. Amen? We all can. We can all get up because we'll get up early for what? It's priority. I told the first service I should have finished it off, and I'll say this with y'all. I've gotten convicted. I'll get up at sometimes as early. Typically when I go duck hunting, I get up at 4. Sometimes I got up as early as 3 o'clock in the morning to go duck hunting. Now, the reason why I get up at 3 and 4 is even if I'm going hunting, I still get up an hour early so I can read my Bible, spend time with the Lord before I leave. But I'll do that because I'm going hunting. Now, there's been other times where I had other stuff to do, like maybe go to the gym or a really early meeting, and I'm kind of like yan yan about getting out of bed. And literally, the Lord has told me, well, you didn't have any problem getting up even earlier Saturday when you went hunting, did you? And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm getting up. I'm out of bed. I'm getting my day going, right? Because we'll get up for what's priority. Isn't that right? Amen? To my duck hunting brothers out here, right? That's true. For any of them, you ladies, you'll get up on Black, was it Black Friday to get up and go find them. I've seen my wife get up early in the morning on a Black Friday. I'm sure your ladies do too, right? We can do it. You can get up 15, 20 minutes, and hopefully it builds where you start getting up an hour earlier to spend some good time with the Lord. And you pray, you read, you worship. Amen? So I want to encourage you, give your first, I mean, start somewhere. And for some of you, you used to have dynamic devotion times. And maybe at the end of this year, it's kind of slipped off. Hey, get back into it. Amen. Let's give God the first of our day, the first of our week, first of our month, our schedule, our finances, and the first of our year with prayer and fasting. Now, as we close, once you give your first in every area, let me say this, put God first in your marriage. See, prioritize your relationship. And for you, all you lovely married couples out there, most of you know this, your spouse is not the most important relationship in your life. Jesus is. Your first and foremost relationship is your relationship with God first, then your spouse, then your children, and so forth and so on. Amen? And so even he needs to be first over even your relationship with your spouse. Because if you prioritize the Lord and make him first, I promise you your marriage is going to be way better. If one of you do, it's going to be better. If both of you do, it's going to be amazing. Not that it's going to be easy. Not that it's not going to have bumps in the road. You're still humans. You still got flesh and you're still going to get at each other. But I promise you, if you prioritize your relationship with him first, you could expect him to bless the rest. Mix your faith with your focus. I've been giving you four areas to focus on this week, but now mix your faith with your focus. I already showed you what we could expect when we tithe, right? He'll pour out the windows, of, open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing where you can't contain it. Now, as we close, what can you expect when you pray and fast with the right motives this year? Well, in Isaiah 58, the people were complaining because they were fasting and they didn't see God moving in their lives. 
The Lord goes on to tell them that they were fasting with wrong motives. It was just a religious thing that they thought, okay, if we do this, God's going to bless us. And he said, man, it's not just about not eating. It's the way you treat people. Come on, somebody. And handle your everyday affairs. Go read Isaiah 58 to see what I'm talking about. So it's good. We need to fast. And we need to do these things. But don't, don't, don't treat people, you know, harshly and hardly throughout the fast because you're hungry, right? And so he begins to tell him that. Isaiah 58, 6. He says, rather, is this not the fast which I choose? He's like, this is the kind of fast I want you to do. He goes on to tell them how to treat people. But he does want us to fast. I make that clear. And he says, if you fast with the right motives, treat people well, this is what you can expect. Verses 8 through 9. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing and restoration and new life will quickly spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you leading you to peace and prosperity. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Come on, somebody. Then you will call on the Lord, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. This is what we can expect, healing. Maybe there's something broken in your life, a relationship. Maybe you need healing in your body. Righteousness is also holiness. Righteousness is not being perfect. Maybe you need something that's to be set back right in your life this year, to set back on track. Seek the Lord first through prayer and fasting. Get in a right relationship with the Lord. That's what the word righteousness means as well. Holy means set apart, as I mentioned earlier. Let's get back on track living a holy life. Let's live in the will of God in holiness and purity. Amen? That's another thing. When you start fasting a lot of this media, all of this media, you see how a lot of unholy things we let creep into our lives. Let me let that sink in for a minute. We watch a lot of entertainment and we, we look at social media and we look at things, a lot of things we shouldn't be even looking at. And I'm not even talking about straight up pornography. There's just inappropriate things that are coming at us left and right that we need to detox from so we can start living a holy life again. Amen. And he says, then the Lord will answer you when you cry out to him during prayer and fasting. This is the Lord's help, favor and blessing on your life. We talked about favor for the Christmas service, right? And as I conclude, the most and the most important thing you got to prioritize is, is him being your Lord and Savior, him saving you. If you cry out to him, prayer and fasting, you got to first cry out to him to be saved. Second Corinthians 6, 2, for God says, at just the right time, I heard you on the day of salvation. I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? The most thing you need to prioritize as I said at the beginning, is your relationship with the Lord. So do you even have a relationship? Maybe you've been coming to church. Maybe you're just new today and, and you just popped in here as a New Year's resolution and I'm glad you're here. But you know what? You not only need to prioritize your life and relationship here, have you prioritized your eternity? Some people don't look past this life, this year, this day. They're just looking at 2024. What if this thing gets wrapped up at the end of this month and we don't even have 12 months in this year before this world ends? Where are you going to spend eternity? Have you prioritized your eternity? If not, you can call upon the name of the Lord. It says here, today is the day of salvation. Repent of your sins. Ask Jesus to your life. Surrender to him. Whatever head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Brandon, I have not. I don't know if I'm right with God, but I need to be saved. I want to be born again today and give my life to Christ. Or I went away, man. I'm here today. New year, new start. I need to resurrender my life. I'm like the prodigal son, and I need to come back and surrender. If that's you, just lift up your hands. If you either one of those say, Brandon, that's me. That's me. I see your hands going up. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. In the back over here, more hands going up. Ma'am, I see you. I see you over here. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's all praise together pray together whether you raise your hand or not as a family can we pray if you're watching at lpcc let's pray lord jesus 
Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying in my place. Lord, I know that I've sinned and I repent of my sin. I surrender my life to you. I want to make my relationship with you a priority. Would you help me, Holy Spirit, to live that out every day of my life? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, can we rejoice with these today? Hey, if you made that decision, fill out the connection card in the chair in front of you. And come on, why don't you stand up with me? I know we went over. We had a lot going on today with the offering. Let's pray. I want to pray over you. I love how the Bible says that God said he would pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the house of David. I claim that for family life every year. We need grace to fast and that the spirit of prayer would be upon us. How many of you would like that in your life for these next 21 days and beyond? Come on, lift up your hands. Father, as we embark in this, this new season of prayer and fasting, we want to put you first in our year, in our, in our day, in our week, in our month, in our finances. Lord, would you pour out the spirit of grace and of prayer on Family Life Church? Give us the grace, strength, stamina, and endurance as we fast these next 21 days. May we have a heart to pray. May we be stirred to pray, not just in January, but every day. May January just be the building block as we continue to get into how to build a prayer life. Lord, we want to know you more and love you better. Bless these and strengthen and empower them as they go today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. We love you.